0: And how are we doing today? I hope everybody is having a fabulous day. I got a great workout in a little bit ago in like 100 degree Florida heat, 100 degree index Florida heat. It was awesome. Uh, No food yet today. Just not hungry at all. Uh, I am likely when I'm done with here, I'm going to make some Asian beef, maybe have some kimchi with it. Uh, And then uh, I have uh, filming for I'm, I'm... filming an episode of Uncensored, which if you aren't watching already, you can check out Alan Roberts Uncensored, where uh, I'm starting to do interviews with, uh, whoops, I'm starting to do interviews and original content just for Uncensored. You can get, you can watch it on Spotify, or if you wanted to watch it live at three o'clock, I'll be talking to Heavy Duty Hulk. His name is Kurt Dennis. He is an enormous human being, a patriot, and he is going to be do an interview with me from about three to four o'clock, and then it will be posted up on the Alan Roberts Uncensored podcast, which is on Spotify. We're actually getting we're seeing if they'll allow us to be on Amazon and Apple and stuff like that. But it is on Spotify. We are. I, I It's where I encourage people to literally talk about anything they have. They feel that they have not been able to talk about uh, in social media nowadays. So. um I'll be doing that. And then, probably later on tonight, probably grabbing uh, some, some push ups and bodyweight squats. And that's my day. I'm about a gallon and a half of water in. I've taken Nutrient Driver uh, this morning along with Immortal. And then, uh, right before here, I took No Morbidity and another Nutrient Driver. So, my hunger is just non existent. And I got about a gallon and a half of water in me. So, I've, I'm literally just, I have no hunger at all. Whatsoever. I'm starting to test uh, our, our next product coming out here soon. Uh, I've already tested a few of the ingredients I like a lot. We're looking for insulin sensitivity, helping to fight off sugar cravings. Uh, it should provide a lot of good, uh, good stuff with, uh, to help provide people like you know, protection from the cravings that no morbidity doesn't protect against because it's just an appetite and mood enhancer. It's an appetite suppressant mood enhancer, but to actually help with blood sugar cravings, levelizing insulin levels in your blood and insulin sensitivity. It's a big thing. So uh, today, uh, that's me, okay? But but please do follow Alan Robertson Censored. by the way, on Spotify. Uh, the link is right there. And if you wanted to check out our other stuff, you can buy our book, Fuck Being Fat. It goes right off of our app. It was an Amazon bestseller, but Amazon did not uh, want us to talk about weight loss anymore and won't let us put ads on the book. So we pulled it off of Amazon, and we're selling it straight from our app right now. You get a month of the app with it, live pre-recorded yoga, hit style training classes, Uh, A month of the Hunger Management Support Group, which is where I keep track of all of my nutrition, my workouts, everything like that. And it's a very large supportive group of people just trying to be a little healthier. Um, And you get the app for the month. You can also get a 30-minute consultation with either myself or or Crystal. uh, And then you get the app for a month. Same things with the book that I mentioned. Or if you just know your weight loss uh, journey or your health journey, your lifestyle is just completely blown away, you can get our coaching. There's the month-to-month special right there. Um, And you can get our coaching. We talk to people on an individualized daily basis in their own chat with just Crystal, myself, and I uh, on a daily basis. Weekly video conference calls with me or Crystal, whichever you choose. Um, Hunger Management Support Group. Use of the app. We help modify the person's lifestyle bit by bit by bit to a healthier one. We focus on satiation, satisfaction, appropriate levels of fitness activity. We work with people all the way from needing... uh, uh, needing help just starting to get moving, people we just have to stand a little bit more often today because they're so immobile, all the way to we have several people getting ready to run marathons who just need a better relationship with food. We have people that uh, we have ex, uh, uh, ex-physique ex competitors, all sorts of people. So uh, about 30 to 40 percent of our clientele is doctors, nurses, uh uh, physician's assistance, that sort of thing, too. We help everybody from all walks of life. We have a few police officers, uh, homemakers, that sort of thing. So please do check that out. Today, we're uh, hello to everybody in the chat. I normally go through and I say hello to everybody, but I'm not going to do that because I want to uh, today. I just want to say hello to everybody. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'll probably do a little bit of Q&A after this, uh, but I did want to make sure that we got plenty of time to talk about this. I have not watched this video, so this is going to be a complete blind reaction. To Jeff Napard's Is Obesity uh, is obesity a Choice by Jeff Nippard. Um, I like Jeff. Uh, we've spoken uh, in in DMs m- multiple times. I've got absolutely nothing against him. I like uh, some of what he says, not everything. I disagree to, with some of what he says. I don't think I any of us agree fully on anything that anybody says. So I don't want anybody to think that no matter what happens, this is any kind of hate. Um, I do find myself... Uh, I I do consider myself fairly much an expert on weight loss and obesity uh, in this factor. I know he's, he is a very, he's a very sciencey guy and he's going to talk about studies and things like that. Um, uh, Is it a physical book or is it an ebook? It is a, it is an ebook. It is, it is a PDF. So uh, the podcast is only on Spotify. No wonder I couldn't find it. Jarella, It is also, I do talk about it. uh, I do. You can watch it live on the and COO on my Twitter uh, and that will be at three o'clock. I, when I film them, I film them live right on Twitter and then I put them right up on Spotify. So it's Alan Roberts uh, Uncensored and you can follow the links I just posted up. So please do. Um, let's see. Uh, but bit, again, back to this. this. So no matter what I you know, no matter what I get said, whether I agree or disagree, I do appreciate Jeff's expertise. Um, I just do think he might be a little out of his scope. And I understand that he's a sciencey guy. And I mean, uh, his girlfriend uh, has, you know, had her issues with weight and stuff like that. Um, uh, I'm just going to go on record, like before we even watch this, obesity is a choice. There are mitigating factors that uh, make it harder for some people to control their appetite, control their hunger, everything like that. Very rare occasions where like there's things called willer pratty, which normally does come with some uh, uh, some. Uh, learning disabilities and stuff like that, that cause the person to literally be constantly hungry. They, they lack the mechanism of knowing when they're full or not. And oftentimes, unless watched, they can eat themselves to actual death. Um, and I'm not talking just like eat themselves like into obesity death, like eat themselves to death. Um, and again, there's uh, thyro- there's plenty of thyroid conditions, PCOS, that all do kind of lower the basal metabolic rate in the person. And genetics do play a certain factor. However, I will say that genetics play a factor within a couple hundred calories Um, for the the person. It's not anything that would cause morbid obesity. And it would just mean that if you have um, uh, some sort of genetic disorder, are on medications, have issues, something like that, that you just need to be more particular. While it may suck for you, it's still a choice. Um, Nobody is doomed to obesity. Nobody cannot lose weight. Nobody, Nobody cannot lose weight. Everybody can possibly lose weight. It's a matter of you know, how hard you need to try. I get that for some people. Uh, but nobody is doomed, especially to morbid obesity. That is just kind of a ridiculous statement. Um, that, that, that is, that is that a lot of people, a lot of people say, um, anyway, uh, let's see yesterday's live podcast was incredible. I love that woman. She's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, Where I, uh, the after feeling shirt, that's from Gunt, uh, Grunt So you can, you can buy that. Have you had more tattoos done? No, not recently, but I am going to make an appointment to have more done. I am going to have this filled in mostly down my arm all the way to, I'm, I'm probably just going to do full tribal sleeves. And then I'm going to have a little bit more through my chest. Uh, I do have rib cage tattoos that, you know, I mean, I've only got a few, like only a few people have seen, but I'm gonna have the stuff that's on my chest come through and back into my lats a little bit. So I, and I, uh, <laughs> but, but, but genetics, I and mean, that's the thing. Like, while, while, again, it's harder for some people, nobody is doomed to morbid obesity. No, nobody. Uh, nobody, 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 nobody. nobody. Anyway, so again, this is not just in case I agree, disagree. I, I like Jeff Napard. I, I at least think that at least he does a good job of making sure uh, that uh, he. And here it is. Good. I think he does a great job of making sure that he at least has some backing to what he says, like some some absolute backing to the, the thought process and everything like that that he goes by. Um, so, give me a sec. Boom. Is obesity a choice?
1: Whoop.
0: Can you guys, I don't know if you guys can hear that. That's the, that's the problem. Give me one second. And then I might have forgotten to do this. Uh, is obesity a choice? End of discussion is, is what it's called. Um, uh, okay.
1: Uh, let's, let's go along with it. And here we go. This is a tough question. and A lot of people seem to think about it something like this, where you have an obese button on the left and a not obese button on the right.
0: Uh, see, I don't think that. I don't think anybody, like, I mean, I do think that maybe just, just to start off with, I don't really think people believe that. I think that people don't believe that people are like, oh, I want to be obese. Like, no matter what any of the fat acceptance people say or anything like that, I don't think anybody chooses obesity. I, I don't I don't think that's actually like do I think that they settle or they make excuses for or they ignore? Absolutely. But it's not like I don't think I don't think other people even believe like I, I think
1: he's the premise is a little off already. Uh, and hang on. And anyone who is currently obese is obese because they made a conscious decision to press the obese button but i don't think that's how it works i don't think and no offense Jeff,
0: but i don't i don't think anybody believes that really like, I, I i don't i don't think people are like oh you made a conscious decision to be obese no they made a conscious decision to not watch out for their health enough to then become obese like it, it is a decision still you know
1: so but we'll go I mean, for starters, if you selected 100 people at random and gave them the option, my guess is that almost every one of them would press the not obese button.
0: If, if you actually hooked everybody up to a polygraph test, it would be every one of them. <laughs> like, uh, no, nobody wants to be obese. It's it's biologically inherent in our nature to not be. Uh, the only people that I think would want to be obese would be like sumo wrestlers or professional athletes where obesity is part of the job and obesity is not just measured by uh, a lot of these people are obese just by BMI. Uh, but, you know, sumo wrestlers obviously are obese, 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 but a lot of them downsize, lose weight, and they eat mostly whole foods, just a massive quantity of whole food. Um, and for like football players and like that, these people choose this to, for their job, they don't necessarily choose it
1: for a lifestyle. So there's there's a slight difference there will know about the potential health risks and social stigma that can come with being obese. So virtually no one would consciously choose to be obese in this simplistic sense. Maybe it looks something more like this, where you have this lifelong continuous series of choices to pick certain foods over others, like whether to order fried chicken or grilled chicken, regular Coke or diet Coke, a small fries or supersized fries, and certain behaviors over others, like whether to get up and exercise or stay on the couch. And over time maybe it's the cumulative effect of these many individual choices that causes someone to become obese. I do think I, I, I completely agree with that because it is a matter of
0: cumulative choices that you know systemic cumulative choices uh that are not in the person's best interest for their health the eating of ultra processed carbohydrates a lot of times people have physical food addiction to them they do like right? trust me I mean like I they, I get where he's coming from maybe but I, I literally have coached thousands of obese people at this stage it's 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 what it is like people have a hard time saying no to these foods these foods literally call to them it's like the little demon on their fucking shoulder that calls out to them so um and the diet coke the coke thing most people I know that that, that indulge too much like into into the diet coke thing end
1: up eating other calories anyway Uh, anyway here we go I think this is a bit closer to reality however even this analogy is still very incomplete Consider this graph taken from a 1990 study where 24 subjects were overfed by 1,000 calories per day for 100 days, or just over three months. All the subjects were under 24-7 supervision by the research staff, so we can be confident they were actually following the protocol. Each one That's outstanding. One of these bars represents a single person, and the height of the bar represents how much weight they gained in response to the same 1,000-calorie surplus. This person. Hang on, let me check something out. were overfed by a thousand calories per day for a hundred days. The thing I'm going to point out is how do you know it's a thousand
0: calorie surplus? You're going off their basal metabolic rate, but I mean, uh, one, are we watching this their activity burn? Two, or do we know their intensity level of activity? Um, like, because, you know, if you are, if they all walk a mile, but one person is more intense or what's their starting weight? was their starting weight equivalent, equivalently equal? Because that changes the ratio of burn. Like There's lots of lots of questions already. I don't know if he goes into it. Hang on.
1: Just over three months. All the subjects were under 24-7 supervision by the research staff, so we can be confident they were actually following the protocol. Each one of these bars represents a single person, and the height of the bar represents how much weight they gained in response to the same 1,000-calorie surplus. This person over here on the left only gained an extra 10 pounds, while this person over here on the right gained an extra 30 pounds while eating the same 1,000 calories extra per day. So, but if I eat a thousand calories extra per day as a 184 pound male
0: and somebody else eats a, you know, eats a thousand calories extra as a 140 pound male, there's a strong chance that that, that actual thousand calorie surplus is more, you know, it, it, it's actually a, a larger percentage of their, of their weight. You know, I mean, ho- however, I will say this, that all this is indicative in that physics works like i mean like like thermodynamics works like people are going to gain weight and again we, i mean i don't know if he he discusses the intensive level of activity their hydration levels their sleep levels their cortisol
1: levels like what type of stresses were they under or something you know those sorts of things this could be due to a number of factors but a big one is genetic differences in metabolism looking at this later
0: it is but i'm going to argue that that's that's actually a more minority one uh, again, what were their stress levels like? Did we measure these things? Do we measure their resting heart rates? Do we, do we, we, measure their cardiorespiratory efficiency? Uh, did we measure their heart rate while under load, meaning under exercise? Did we measure their their, uh, their sleep quality? Did we measure their hydration levels? Those sorts of things.
1: Later study from 2018, we can see that just like there are large differences in weight gain, there are also large differences in how many calories people burn at rest. Just yeah. sitting on the couch, doing nothing at all. This lucky person over here burns about 150 calories more than metabolic equations predict. And this person on the left would burn 250 calories less than metabolic so, equations predict. In other words. Okay. So, but, but, but this is, again, what are their body mass indexes?
0: What, what are their current, uh, like what is the current uh, body composition, you know, I, I would need to see this study, just saying that some people are more genetically prone to burn more than than the other. I agree with, because that is just reality. However, they still burn calories. Like just because one person burns more calories than you doesn't mean that you should eat the same thing that they're eating and then just accept the, the weight gain. It's still a choice. I mean, that, that's just, to me, it's, this is, this is, to me, falling back on the genetics being like, well, you're genetically predisposed to become an alcoholic, so you might as well just hit the Jack Daniels. Like, it's not, this is not, I mean,
1: uh, I mean, just, it's, personal responsibility exists. If none of these people exercised at all, this person would still burn about 400 calories more per day than this person. So,
0: Yes, but what else, like, what are their stress levels? What are their... Uh, what is their hydration levels? What is their sleep quality like? What is their family life like? What type of calories are they eating? You know, I mean, uh, are, is, is this person right here eating whole foods and this person right here eating ultra processed carbohydrates as the majority of their food? Is this all protein and is this all carbohydrates just in general? Is this person, when they go for a walk, does their heart rate get up to? you know, 150 beats a minute when this person, do they walk slow enough that they don't? It's just the same time of activity. You know, is, there, is their energy output the same when it comes to actual activity levels, you know? There's just a lot of mitigating factors. Are there genetic differences that result in people having different genetic burns of calories? Of course there is, I mean, let's, let's be realistic. It's still a choice of what you put in your mouth. At, at no point in time is it not a choice. The only thing this means, since there's a 400 calorie difference is, guess what? This person eats 400 more calories than this person. Sucks to be this person, unless they like that, unless they like that. But it doesn't mean that just because this person burns more calories than you, that you're doomed to be fat because you are, you absolutely have to, like, it's not, it's not a choice for you to eat less than that person. While it may suck that somebody has to to eat more than you fucking
1: all sorts of shit in life suck. Going back to the buttons, a small fries from McDonald's has about 200 calories, and a supersized fries has about 600 calories. All else being equal, that's a 400 calorie surplus if you choose to supersize. But this person also burns 400 calories more. So, through no action of their own, they could choose to supersize every time in their net. You can't necessarily say it's no
0: action of their own either. Like, I mean, like you, you maybe they pay a little bit more attention to their stress levels. Maybe they pay pay a little bit more attention to their acti- to their uh, to the uh, intensity of their activity. Maybe they pay a little bit more attention to um, their uh, like familiar units and, and socialization. So, like in person socialization has been shown to help with, with stress levels. Also, those sorts of things. Like just to say that they get like through no. Action of their own, they could be making healthier choices to just like you know love life a little bit more. I mean it, that could affect it also. And it, again, I completely agree. It could be genetic, but to just say through no action of their own is actually not scientifically. I mean, it's still very very viable that there's many other factors besides just genetics. It could be actions that they are taking. It could be that they they choose to read a book at night and it calms them down, or the other person chooses to play an intense video game. There's so many other factors like that, that, that deal with your health. To just say it's not their action to me is a little off, but it still doesn't change the fact that it sucks to be you, but then you get to eat the small fry. Like, why are we eating fries to begin with? I know he's just using this as an example, but guess fucking what? You get you you get to eat the small fry where the other person gets to eat the large fry. Does it suck? Yeah, can they eat whatever they want, blah, 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 and it's, it's unfair, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it is, but fucking, you're still choosing to be obese if you continuously get the lard fry when you know that it is adding weight on you. And, and being obese, especially morbid obese, does not just happen. It, it doesn't just,
1: poof, happen overnight. It happens systemically over a long period of time through consistent action, you know? That caloric balance would be exactly the same is this other person who chooses the small fries. But this only considers resting energy expenditure, the number Mm -hmm. of calories you burn at rest. People also burn calories through exercise. But even at rest,
0: your resting metabolism is also affected by your hormone levels. Your hormone levels could be affected by your cortisol levels, your stress levels, those sorts of things, how well you hydrate, how much sleep you get, tons of other factors that the person chooses to take care of. So there's resting metabolic rate, exercise, thermogen- therm- uh, thermic effect of food, which is actually tiny, 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 tiny.
1: Thermic effect of food, and something called non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or NEAT. And the NEAT component of metabolism can vary dramatically between individuals. Yeah, even so more than resting energy expenditure. NEAT refers to the calories you burn from daily activities that aren't actual exercise, so stuff like fidgeting, tapping your feet, etc and even though you can somewhat modify your neat levels by making an extra effort to move around a bit more throughout the day neat is still largely subconsciously regulated in the brain and it's dynamic so if you have
0: however you can choose to increase your neat it is literally how we start many very large clients we start very many very large clients with setting an alarm on their watch so they stand up for 10 minutes an hour every hour on the hour you can adjust your neat like so I hope that he says it is a choice because he's talking about a bunch of choices right now. Like, you know, while, and while some of it may be subconscious for some people, and if, but if you want to increase your neat, you can take steps to do so. You can choose to have more daily activity, you can functionally choose. You can even build
1: habits around it. It's a choice. I have a genetic predisposition for low NEET. You aren't very hyperactive and you don't fidget much. And let's say you tried to force yourself to fidget more. In many cases, your brain would simply find a way to lower need someplace else. So need is to- mm. get activity then. Like your brain doesn't choose shit.
0: You control your brain. You don't live in a larger body. You make your body what it is. Genetics play a part in all of this. I completely agree. And so say the person has a low NEAT and low metabolism, and another person has a high NEAT and a high metabolism. That doesn't change the fact that what you put in your mouth over here is not determined by what this, person, what this person's metabolism, NEAT, and what their food choices are. What you put in your mouth over here
1: is an individual choice thing. To a significant degree, outside of your control. And it can differ enormously between individuals. This study from Levine and colleagues overfed participants by 1,000 calories per day for eight weeks and found that meat levels ranged from negative 98, they actually moved around less, to plus 692 calories per day. This means that while both of these subjects ate an extra 1,000 calories per day, this person quite literally fidgeted off about 700 of those extra 1,000, while this person actually fidgeted less, meaning their body... Yes.
0: But one more time, what this person eats and the other activities that they do is not determined by what this person does or eats. Like just because this person makes choices to eat more, this person makes their own choices about what they put in their mouth. Even if this person has to eat much, 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 much lower calories and move around a lot, lot, lot more than this person to be healthy,
1: that's still this person's choice. He had to deal with all those extra 1000 calories eaten plus a little more. So clearly, anyone who's been genetically blessed with a high resting metabolic rate and high meat levels can choose to press the junk food button many more times and still maintain a lower body weight compared to someone who's not as metabolically gifted. Yes,
0: which does suck. But one more time, that means that the person who is not metabolically gifted has to make better choices. It is still a choice. Like by your own admission, if the one person can make poorer choices than the other person, that means they're both making choices.
1: this matches with our everyday experience. We all know someone who can eat whatever they want and remain almost inexplicably thin. And we all know someone who's tried every diet book on the shelf yet remains overweight. Now, most people would be quick to pray. Real quick. (laughs) uh, Most people that have tried every diet book on the shelf successfully lose
0: weight almost on almost every diet they just fail to plan their choices after the weight is lost they fail to plan how they're going to actually lead a healthy lifestyle which is actually what we focus on at our our coaching is building a healthy sustainable lifestyle that's when you're done losing weight it just remains off the diet works for almost everybody because guess what thermogenics and energy balance is a real thing in the real world. They lose weight, even if, it, but they normally lose weight temporarily because what they do is go back to their old habits. So just alone, since they've tried almost every diet, I, I still have yet to meet the person that says that they can't lose weight no matter what they eat or what they do. That would allow like, I nobody cannot lose weight. It's harder for some people, but you can choose. To lose weight, you are in control over what goes in your mouth. Personal responsibility, while not seen in
1: the 2020s very much, is an actual real fucking thing. Is the thin person for their discipline and critique the overweight person for simply lacking willpower and making the wrong choices? Now, that's this This is, has nothing to do with, choi- with with whether it's a choice or not. Realizing the many baseline genetic factors that could be making it very easy for the thin person to stay thin and making it very hard for the overweight person to lose any weight at all. But that's yes,
0: but the thin person could still choose to then overeat in abundance compared to their metabolic rate and eat over in abundance uh, and eat crap food uh, and still become morbidly obese, which would then lower down their actual activity levels and lower down all sorts of things. They could still choose to eat more. And get, and get to be morbidly obese. What you're trying to state is like the two things. Like one person all of a sudden can't choose to be morbidly obese because they have a higher rate. Anybody can become obese. Anybody can become obese and anybody can lose weight. It's choices. Like stating that one person is perceived as having willpower when they don't. And one person is perceived as lazy. That's all wokey woke bullshit. Because frankly, while it is sometimes very true that people perceive morbidly obese people as having low willpower and being lazy. And it's not always true. I don't know a morbidly obese person that deep down doesn't want to lose weight and deep down hasn't tried to lose weight and does need to help with their lifestyle. And society may put that out there on the person. That has nothing to do with whether it's the person's choice or not. It's still
1: a choice. That's just metabolism. There's another big factor here, which is hunger. Research also shows that some people simply experience more hunger than others in response to dieting. Some people feel like they're constantly fighting their body's urge to eat more, while others feel more normal hunger.
0: This is absolutely true too. However, I will say that what she's about to eat is going to make her even hungrier because it's going to cause some sort of glycemic response in her body. Most people, when they eat actual food, have a more normalized, uh, a more normalized hunger level, especially because they're not messing around. Their their hormones correct. Their, uh, and their blood sugar levels kind of stay more, uh, more level. What she's going to eat is going to spike her insulin that is processed food, that is not actual food food, that is a food product. Uh, of mostly carbohydrates. Processed carbohydrates tend to make the person hungrier. People that tend to eat more whole foods have a higher satiation level. Now, are there natural different levels in satiation? Of course there is. There's natural levels of leptin, uh, or excuse me, leptin resistance and, le- and leptin sensitivity. Same thing with insulin, resist- insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity, as well as ghrelin levels, those sorts of things. Those are definitely genetic factors. Um, they There is this, you know, Supplement out called No Morbidity that does help out with the stomach level of hunger. And then we're going to be working on something for blood sugar regulation. But that's beside the point. This is still a choice. She is still choosing to give into the hunger, even though it's ne- necessarily bad for her. This is not in no way. Does it make it harder? Yes, to be constantly hungry. It is still a choice. It is still a choice.
1: It is still a choice. Low after meals and picks up as it gets closer to mealtime. Just consider this hunger study from 2013, which is the difference between eating a high fat meal and a low fat meal. Now, it turns out both the high fat meal and the low fat meal were able to suppress hunger very well on average. However, when that average trend was split up into individual subjects, you suddenly see this huge disparity between individuals. Some people were still quite hungry after eating the meal, others mm-hmm. felt very full. since hunger is what naturally drives food intake, which is why we often suggest to our clients, which by
0: the way, you can't get our coaching. We, we have our clients check their hunger levels on a scale of zero to 10, right when they eat food and two hours after they eat food, what they do is then teach themselves what foods satiate them more. Um, so basically if you eat a piece of pie and your hunger level two hours afterwards is a, is a to 10, you'll eat almost anything in abundance because you're starving. But if you eat a steak uh, and two hours afterwards, you are of the same amount of calories as the cake. And two hours afterwards, you're not hungry at all. I would suggest you lean more towards eating steak. Like it's still a choice in what you eat because different foods affect your different hunger levels. Also, you know, uh, it's
1: choices. For most people, we once again see that someone who still feels very hungry after a meal will have a harder time stopping compared to someone who feels full. So,
0: a harder time. It does not mean that they to say that they can't. In some way, it makes it seem like they are not in control of their physical body. You know, it really, really does.
1: We've covered two genetic factors explaining why weight gain happens to some people more easily than others, even given the same food and exercise choices. But there are still so many other biological factors that can play a role, such as whether or not you take certain medications. Absolutely.
0: uh, Medications can make you hungrier, and they can actually uh, reduce your your metabolic breakdown. And they can also cause it, so you can't. Some of them, like beta blockers, make it so you can't get your heart rate up to a certain degree to burn, burn off more burn off more calories. Uh, then you adjust your food; it's still a choice. It can increase appetite and water retention. And by the way, I am also going to say this: um, if you're on medications for blood blood pressure, uh, cholesterol, uh, antidepressants, those sorts of things, things that like would in fact negatively affect your uh, Uh, negatively affect your negatively negatively affect your uh, uh, hunger levels. Chances are that you should be watching out what you eat anyway. Uh, Alan Roberts, why do you come across as a very bitter person with a huge chip on your shoulder? Why do you come across as such a little hoe? Like you're just a, like you came, you literally came here to write me a sentence of why do you come across as a bitter person? You you seem like you have a huge chip on your shoulder. Like you sound like a fucking pussy. Why,
1: why do you sound like such a pussy, Jack Cunningham? Um, Anyway, there are also neuroendocrine conditions that can impact weight gain through hormones and metabolism. And he
0: just did talk about water retention. By the way, water retention is a very serious thing that you can also talk to your doctor about. They can help you out with, but
1: it's not going to lead you to morbid obesity. Then there's pregnancy and menopause, which have hormonal and metabolic impacts, and physical disabilities, which makes burning calories through meat and exercise more challenging. Now,
0: yes, it does make it more challenging. It does not
1: stop you from making choices about what you eat. It just does not. Of course, all of this doesn't mean that calories in, calories out only works for some people. It is a simple fact that obesity results from eating more calories than you burn. Tightly controlled metabolic ward experiments repeatedly confirm that caloric intake is the driver of both fat loss and fat gain. So this means Mm -hmm. that anyone who is obese got obese by eating in a sustained caloric surplus over time. Choice. It's just that avoiding that sustained surplus is so much harder for some people than it is for others. Yes, but not impossible. It's still choice. And for reasons that are beyond their choosing. And this is why I think it's incorrect Yes, there are reasons beyond their
0: choosing, but however, how they deal with it is their choice. I mean, that's the thing. Like it, while the person may be on medication for something, they may, naturally be, uh, they may naturally be predisposed to have a lower NEAT and lower basal metabolic rate and all those things put together for some reason. They could even be uh, disabled where they can't necessarily control what they can fucking actually do, but they can still lose weight. They can still control what they put in their mouth for the most part. I mean, like, that's—it it is choice. It is choice. And they can still control how much they move still, uh, unless they're a quadriplegic, which, you know, I mean, in which in which case somebody else can control how, how much they're getting fed for them to make sure that they, you know, do their very best to not be morbidly
1: obese, you know? Correct to reduce all of these factors down to a simple choice to be obese or not. Because if that were the case, why would obesity rates suddenly start trending up in the 1970s? The introduction of ultra
0: processed foods and and, and things like that is why. And let's see, that's right when, oh, yeah, the food pyramid, when we started pushing ultra processed foods on people. And oh, yeah, we started trying to make it pretend that obesity was an
1: actual issue. We'll just suddenly start choosing to be obese. Or is there yet another layer to this? Well, no. People were lied to about say about
0: like, you know, fat is dangerous and, you know, sugar is good for you. And, you know, people basically were, uh, you know,
1: and while it is bullshit, ignorance is also not an excuse. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't think that the spike was due to more people choosing to be obese. Nobody chooses to be obese. But rather from the fact that high calorie foods became so much more readily available for cheaper prices. Meaning Still choice to eat them. More people had more access to delicious, highly processed, high calorie
0: not sure what ADHD has to do with this. No, I have ADHD too. It doesn't make me a
1: pussy. So that's not why you're a pussy. I just don't have no idea why you're just such a pussy. Um, Calorie foods. And this leads us into the whole other side of this, which is the environmental factors. So entirely apart from the genetic and biological factors that we just went through, there are also environmental factors that can impact your susceptibility to obesity. This includes
0: susceptibility. That's like the same thing as susceptibility to alcoholism. Just,
1: you know, You get to choose whether you drink still. Stuff like the food environment, where apart from the spike in availability, we also see better, flashier marketing for high calorie foods that promote overconsumption and large portion sizes. There's also the fact that junk food tends to be cheaper, meaning it's more accessible for people of lower economic incomes. And there are beans and rice is the cheapest fucking thing
0: out there, period, per volume, period. Period. You don't even need to make that much time, take that much time. You can literally put it in a crock pot and, fucking, and cook it up. It, it's actually less expensive to eat beans and rice and seasonings and stuff like that uh, cooked at home than it is
1: to in any way stop at a grocery store and grab something quick and easy. Social factors like the type of diet your family and friends eat, which can make it a lot harder, or in the case of dependents like children, virtually impossible to make so-called good choices. Now he did
0: hit on something here real quick. There are many people that we have, we have clients that have never been healthy. They've never been of a normal weight. They've been obese their entirety of their lives. And they're in their early twenties to thirties. And they just want to make a change. Um, because then they were, they were that way because their whole family's big and their whole family makes poor food to choices. Um, they all still successfully lose weight when, when, when applying move more, eat healthier food and less of it. Um, so... Is it in the child's choice? No, because parents abuse their children into obesity. It's abuse. The parent chooses over a systemic long period of time to overfeed their child more than energy than they're burning. They can see their child getting fatter and they don't do anything about it. Um, Once you become an adult, you are responsible for your actions. You can change that shit. You can be pissed off your parents You can get some therapy and fucking talk about talk that shit out. But it is still a choice. Junk food is easy to get, and let's be honest, it's uh, it's tasty. Sure, it's just unhealthy for you, and you're choosing to be unhealthy for the, for the sake of mouth fucking yourself.
1: There are the lifestyle factors, like how much sleep you get. And while it may be tempting to tell people to just get more sleep, that isn't always feasible, depending on work and other responsibilities. In fact, that's that. 2017 meta-analysis found that night shift work was associated with a 23% higher risk of being overweight. And this 2019 meta-analysis found a dose response relationship between sleep duration and obesity risk. Less sleep. That's a lifestyle thing. Then you adjust
0: your lifestyle. It's still a choice. Like it's still a choice. Still a choice. It's crazy.
1: Sleep meant more risk of being obese with seven to eight hours. Here's Nadia.
0: I don't see Nadia's comment. No, there you are, Nadia. How you doing, Nadia?
1: Being the sweet spot on average. Then there are psychological factors like stress and depression this 2010 meta-analysis of 14 studies found that stress was a risk factor for weight gain and this other meta-analysis from the same year of, cor- of course stress is a risk factor for weight gain it increases up hunger
0: it increases up cortisol levels of course it is but you also uh, still choose like so say you are very massively stressed out it's still a choice nobody shoves food in your mouth it's still a choice The long list of excuses being made is what it's appearing like to me, Jeff. It's still a choice. It just absolutely is. People people weigh all these things out. It is too hard for them. And they choose to eat in a systemic, consistent, long-term fashion that produces morbid obesity. It is absolutely still a choice. It does not happen overnight. It just absolutely does not. found that depression was predictive of obesity risk. So... And I always say, get some counseling. And some people, by the way, some people get depressed and don't eat, just, just, just to be very frank. Uh, so there's also a risk of under eating and anorexia with, uh, with depression, just to, just to be good.
1: Nadia, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Coming back to the original question, is obesity a choice? Well, I think the answer is no at least not in all cases, and certainly not in the simplistic sense. There's just too much of an influence from genetics and environment to shift the blame entirely on the individual for their circumstance. So people don't have personal
0: responsibility, according to Jeff Napard. This is, this is, kind, of, this is kind, of, kind of disappointing. You're going to say that obesity in some cases is not, is, not, is not a choice. Tell you what, Jeff, here's my challenge to you if you watch this. Find me a person you think is not a choice for and me and you can meet with that person and you and I together can have them lose weight and keep it off and build a healthier lifestyle because I can guarantee you it is a choice for every human being. It is absolutely 100% a choice for every human being. You choose what food you eat and what you put in your mouth. You choose, even even if it's unhealthy food, you can then choose the quantity of it. So say all they can do is afford, say the only place they can get food from is McDonald's right? While they might be might, might, might not be the healthiest thing, they can still eat two cheeseburgers a day. Obesity. I'm not talking health. We are talking obesity. <laughs> uh, obesity. The amount you weigh is 100% a choice. 100%. Um, uh, to say no, it just takes personal responsibility away from
1: people. I, I don't, I, I, this is disappointing a little bit. That also doesn't mean that no one has any control over their health and their body weight. Clearly, if people want to lose weight, even if there are many factors working against them, such as low metabolic rate, high hunger, and so forth, it's still possible to lose weight if you sustain a caloric deficit over time. And I can link another video here explaining exactly.
0: Okay, good. So you're saying, you said
1: no, it's not always a choice, but then you just said anybody can lose weight. So I'm interested to hear this. Exactly how to do that. Which goes beyond simply eating less calories and delves into behavioral modifications that most people will need to make to have long-term success. Ultimately by choices. Ultimately, though, I think the is obesity a choice question comes back to semantics. Perhaps what I mean by choice is slightly different from what you mean by choice. I, think I can agree with that. I did want to argue that it is a choice in some sense. I think the best you could do is say that it's a complex series of choices intertwined with many other complex contributing factors. So as people in the health and fitness space, I think we should make an effort to be more understanding of these factors and more compassionate toward people who are struggling rather than making assumptions about their choices and their characteristics. And then:
0: I think that the world has ass padded people into morbid obesity to the point where we have literally over 50 percent of the population is viscerally obese in the United States. I think that the time for being super understanding and telling people, "Oh my God, everything's going to be okay," actually hurts people. I, I think the understanding train has left the fucking station a while ago. I mean, I, like like you are literally saying that, like in one sentence that it is not a choice, but then it is a choice. And you're just saying that we should be nicer to people. Well, I'm saying fuck that. We've been nice enough to the point where people are now literally, we, the, the obesity rate is exploding even more in the 2020s because of everything that's going on. Um the, to, 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 to tell somebody like, Hey, I understand. It's not like to tell somebody that they don't have a choice about being obese is crippling to that person. It is a crippling lie that robs that person away from dignity. It robs that person away from thinking that they have any control of their life. It robs that person away. It makes that, it victimizes that person and uh, marginalizes that person to a massive degree. I mean, I understand that you may think that this we need to be nicer to people because you're, he's an ex- exorbitantly nice guy. So is his girlfriend. And again, I have nothing against Jeff. I'm just saying that approaching it from this way uh, absolutely leads to people uh, just getting fatter, like making ex- making excuses when the world is full of them already for
1: people. I think that that's a very, very, very negative thing. I just I absolutely do. Um, instead of blaming them for their circumstance, instead focus on pointing them in the right direction with good, sustainable nutrition advice when they ask for it. Now, I want to give a quick shout out. Good. Um, I'm not going to deal with his shout outs or
0: anything like that. Um, I'm glad to see that you actually did, even though you said it's not a choice, said it was a choice uh, multiple, 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 multiple times. Um, I don't... <laughs> Is it a harder choice for people? Yes. Some people have a much harder time about it. I've talked about it for years. Some people have an incredibly harder time uh, losing weight because of some issues. Like We have clients that are, I I have clients that do not even have a thyroid, that are medically managed with thyroid medication. They're losing weight, you know, because it's a matter of choices from there. It's a matter of controlling your hunger. If you know you are predisposed to be hungry all the time, eat highly satiating foods. M- maybe for many of you, and uh, Heidi, I just saw this now. I, I really, I'm going to be wrapping it up in just a couple minutes. So I will have, I would love to have you on some other time though. Um, same thing, Nadia, I haven't checked out your videos, but it seems like everybody's, uh, I think I've checked out a few. Let me check it, check this out here. So many people popped on to say, Hey, Nadia, send me a message either on Twitter or on, um, I, I have checked out your channel before. Send me a message either on Twitter at the mfncoo or or uh, at the, uh, at my Instagram, uh, the mfncoo Okay. Okay. Uh, maybe we, maybe we can pull you on live live sometime, do a, do a full interview. I think that would be neat. So, um, we, we, I, I, we'll have Nadia on. Uh, you know, if she's willing, I'll gladly have her on. Uh, I'm 370, exercise my whole life, uh, uh last same hundred pounds many times, but I made the decision to eat what I eat, my choices. But I am in a gym currently eating well, which is my choice. <laughs> Brian, that's fucking amazing. That is absolutely outstanding. Um, but that's the, the, what I'm saying is like I and again, no no fucking no disrespect to Jeff, but uh I do believe that, like I we've asked patted people enough. Yeah, I mean, we, we really have to, in some way, say that it's not, you know, it's either even partially out of your control. It is one hundred percent in your control what you put in your mouth and the quality and quantity of food. The expensive thing, I'm sorry, I've yet to go to a gas station where I couldn't pick up beans and rice. And you know, I mean, like you can pick up like three days worth of beans and rice for one one sandwich worth of of money. You know, is it a pain in the ass to cook for people? Yeah, it is. Uh, The nuance of this discussion here is way over the bald guy's head, except I'm saying absolute facts. So, I mean, fucking sad that you don't see this, you pussy. Um, uh, The the nuances of what I'm saying seem to be above your head and even above Jeff's head, because all of these things that he listed off are choices made. They're absolute choices made. Um, It's a conscious decision. So I'm just going to block the fucking troll. Um, now that I've called him a pussy a bunch of times and it upsets him when I call him a pussy and then I block them. So make a video. I tell you what, if you have got a real problem with it, mm, nah, I can't fuck that. I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, I, 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 am not pulling a troll on. He can, he can absolutely make videos about me though for advertisement, Jack, uh, Jack make, make videos. Um, what do people get out of trolling? Uh, I don't know. They, 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 I think they were shoved in lockers when they were younger and then uh, the person looked like me or was built like me. And then they think that they're, they're fucking doing something besides making themselves look like incredible pussies. Um, but you know, the thing is that I I, I got out of Jeff's talk here is that like, there are, these are all real factors, you know, uh, th- the thermic nature of food, the thermic nature of food is rather actually rather small compared, compared to that. Um, but, uh, you know, neat, metabolism, age, you know, uh, a genetic predisposition, they all do really, they play a role, they still don't change the fact that nobody is doomed to morbid obesity, you know, like not one person is doomed to it. So, um, I just, I, I was happy to see at the end, even though he said it's not a choice for some people that he then, then said it was choices, um, because that's, that's the reality. Um, and we're obviously going to agree to disagree. There's a whole school of thought of people being like, we need to be more understanding and we need to be nicer. And we need this, that we, we've under- been understanding and nicer enough, like us, you know, in any way, you know, placating the I'm 300 pounds fit and healthy bullshit um, is 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 why we're at where we're at um, that. And very clearly, the pharmaceutical industry and food industry are very happy that a lot of you are over consuming shit, including pharma and food and the food making you actually over consume the pharma uh, because they make lots of fucking money off you guys like the, the obesity is the largest consumption there is when it comes to food pharma clothes fuel everything like that it drives a lot of shit, a lot of big business um so uh to think any anything worse uh or, or anything little you know i mean like anything less is, is ridiculous so just just to be very real uh I'd like to connect with you, uh, learn more from you. Absolutely, send me a message on either on either uh, Instagram or on uh, on Twitter, and, we, and we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll set something up. It would be it would be it would be fun. Uh, and I have watched your videos before, so that would be neat. All right. Anyway, I hope everybody has. I'm gonna. I'm really not gonna. I, I'm not gonna stick around long, much longer. Um, I need to check out Nadia's latest video. I will do that on my break, but I am actually going to go off. I got some work I got to get done. And then I'm going to be live for Alan Roberts Uncensored uh, with uh, Heavy Duty Hulk. And we're going to talk Patriot shit. So I hope the uh, I hope that uh, that everybody has a great day. I'll be back tomorrow about 1 p.m. I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet. Um, I do have another episode of Alan Roberts Uncensored at 2 p.m. tomorrow where I'm talking to a guy about who... Uh, who talks about sustainability and survival techniques and stuff like that too. Very interesting shit. I'm enjoying doing that shit too. Not just the fitness obesity shit. So I hope everybody has a great day. Again, you can get our coaching at the link in the pin comment up, up above. You can also uh, sign up to the app. Please subscribe on Alan Roberts Uncensored. And I did hear that like within the first week or second week of July, No Morbidity will be back for sale. And I hope everybody uh, has a great, great, great day. God day.